This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today we have another special guest who is a master of karma and anxiety healer with her own healing method. And she is also a business success coach. She works with entrepreneurs, coaches, internet marketers to free them from money, sales, and success karma blocks and fears. And she also teaches people worldwide how to self-heal their karma and anxiety so they can achieve their dreams with ease and thrive in business and, of course, in life. She has helped a lot of entrepreneurs, coaches, sales professionals break through their money karma and business anxieties and to gain big five-plus-figure wins and achieve consistent ongoing success. Our guest today is Abby Rar. Abby, how's it going? Great, Quinn. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So there, there's so many things here that are so fascinating. And the fact that you are a master karma and anxiety healer. So, we're, of course, we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to let you explain exactly what that is. And, but let's start first with talk a bit about yourself. How did you get started and how did you get into this? Yeah, well, it's been quite a journey for me. Uh, my journey with healing actually started in the mid-90s when I experienced a spontaneous transformational healing journey that freed me from a 27-year compulsion. And uh, you might know, I, I know you've talked to other people with, you know, who've dealt with addiction and compulsion. So mm-hmm. you probably know, and your audience probably knows that underneath those kinds of things uh, is a huge boatload of anxiety that, mm-hmm. that drives a lot of it. So from that experience, actually a self-help program poured out of me. So that was 25 years ago. And then as I worked with um, compulsion sufferers, so, so I began to work with compulsion sufferers, and I began to, it, it took me until about 2004 to really gather an audience, and I began to put my materials out and my programs out and work with students to teach them a similar process that I had gone through internally. And what happened is that I was asking my spiritual guidance for better, faster ways to help people. And I was intuitively gifted with an energy healing method that I um, have been gone through another 10 years within me to um, learn all kind, all various aspects of it. It's been uh, become more powerful over the years. And, you know, when I first got it, I asked my clients um, and my students if they wanted to experience it, and they were scattered all over the world. So what happened is that I learned very, very quickly that it conveyed across distances and um, was powerful for a lot of different things. So that was kind of a mind-blowing story. <laughs> yeah. uh, experience because I, I had no intention of ever being an energy healer. Yeah. The, and it's crazy how that happens without, you know, without you expecting and suddenly you can change so quickly. And there's a lot of people there that I have experienced. And there's a lot of people currently listening that have not experienced it themselves. So they probably do not know exactly what that feeling is. But I went through one. And sometimes, Abby, there's things that cause it, right? Normally, when you have big suffering, big pain, people do change. And in my case, there wasn't one of those. It just happened randomly. 
But for people listening, let's hear what is this? What's a money karma? What does this mean? Yeah, so money karma, the term money karma, I use to describe energies that are trapped inside of us that are blocking money, success, uh, blocking sales, blocking all kinds of things for, um, for I, I specifically work with entrepreneurs on their money blocks and challenges. So it's about trapped energies that are stuck inside of us and need to be released. A lot of them are emotional energies like mm. shame and guilt and, and even grief and anger. Okay. So that, that comes from, let's say from childhood, something that you heard your parents say like, okay, the money is the root of all evil. If you grow up listening to that, does that mean you're going to have a bad connection or maybe a bad karma when it, in relation to, to money? Well, I really focus on what, uh, not necessarily um, the beliefs themselves. Mm -hmm. And my work goes, you know, goes back um, from anything in the past. So it could be from childhood. It could be from last year. It could be from before you or you. So mm -hmm. I really work on the soul level with people and it goes much deeper than just, you know, what are the beliefs? Um, my, what I do clears the beliefs, but it actually, what I'm do, what I found in working with my clients and students is that up to 80% of what we believe is up here in our heads, our fears or our beliefs or whatever, up to 80% of that is actually trapped in the nervous system and it's bleeding through from the past and these energies can be completely released. You know, it's a matter of, of figuring out what it is and, and releasing them. Okay. So there's one thing that I know is that everything, uh, I guess, apparently everything known to man is made of energy. So that what you're saying then has to be true because everything is energy. But there's then that case, those are energies that are maybe not favorable favorable, uh, sorry, uh, to us. And how do you get rid of them? Well, that's what I've been, um, that's what I've learned to do using this energy healing method for the last 10 years. Um, I basically, it, this is tough to describe, right? It's a very experiential thing. Mm -hmm. What I was shown how to do is to actually drain these energies out of the nervous system. And when I drain them from the nervous system, the mind, uh, the body clears from any uncomfortable sensations and the mind automatically clears. But how I do it is, you know, that's kind of the magic and the mystery. And I, I can't tell you I totally 100% understand how that works. Um, I, you know, I'm working with my intuitive, um, with my guidance all the time. And I am shown layer by, and this is a layered process. I'm shown mm -hmm. layer by layer which healings to apply, and I have a huge number of, um, of different healings that I do depending on what the layer is that needs to be released. So, Abby, let, let's, uh, <laughs> let's address another thing is the fact that, for example, you're talking to me right now, and I am very open-minded when it comes to this, and I personally, I have in the family a healer, and this doesn't, it's not a money healer, but it, uh, she will heal people from, from pain. But there are always people that don't believe and, and think, okay, this is some voodoo stuff, right? The, the energies. And how do you address that or do you even bother? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the first thing I try to do when I'm talking to people is I try to get them 
to recognize what what are the sensations in their body that might be associated with the trigger. And then I talk to them about how as I do that healing, I can release those energies so that the uncomfortable sensations just dissolve and then they're, you know, the fear is clear. But I don't go around trying to um, really talk people into doing healing. I, I feel that um, people have a right to believe whatever they believe. And people who resonate with my message, they they just on some level, they they hear what I do and they, they just connect with it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I think that everybody has their own belief system and I, and, and things that are right for them. So I don't spend a lot of time trying to really get through the skepticism, you know, at certainly at certain points in my life, even when these healings came in, I was totally skeptical in certain ways. I, I, I it took me a long time to accept that I had this gift and, and really own it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I think that when, you know, when someone's ready and when they resonate with, mm-hmm. you know, a healing message, then they open up to it. Nice. I, I really like that. And I respect that about you because there are a lot of people that when they believe in something, they try, they treat it almost like a religion that they try to get more members into it. And I know firsthand, for example, I, I only eat plant based foods, I do not eat any animal related foods. And I know a lot of vegan people that try to force their idea because they believe in it, right? And if they believe in it, they think, uh, of course, if something you believe in is is the truth to you. And for example, I do it for my own health, which I think or I believe it's the best for me. I'm not trying to bring anybody in. So, And I respect that too, uh, that... When somebody is ready, if they want it, if they they can come right, and we can have a chat, same as same as you do. I I love what you just you know that topic you just raised because I've been in that place. I you know I kind of hate to admit it, but I was in a place like that right after I experienced this healing journey. You know, mm-hmm. 25 years ago, where I thought the the program that I had was like it, the answer for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know, I learned pretty quickly that. That wasn't the case, meaning even though I had something that w- worked and was really incredible, everybody was not in the, you know, everybody wasn't in the right place to receive that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, working with people for so many years and also watching my own struggles has, you know, has made me realize that, you know, everybody has to find what's right for them. And what's right for me has changed so much over the years, too. So, you know, I think sometimes we absolutely know that something is true in that moment. And then I know I've been shown that, you know, three years later, what I thought was absolutely true is now, now the opposite's true. So I think we're on an upward spiral, you know, and truth changes. And and that's where we are. (laughs) And that's the truth is the truth changes in something that I don't know we all make our own truths something that is the truth to me may not be the truth to you because we see the world differently we see different things we live different things and somebody's truth it doesn't mean that it's I mean it's not real it's the truth to them maybe and it's so strange so many years I I, I had the mentality that the only thing that was the truth was what I believed right? Nothing else was, was the truth. And I didn't believe in the law of attractions and none of that. And, and trust me, 
now that that change has happened to me and I do uh, I do follow the law of attraction and I try, you know, what you give, you get back. And I am, let's just put it this way, a lot better in a lot better position than I was in those times. So truth or not, it works. That's the thing. And I'm happy and I'm very positive. So that's, uh, that's the good news, right? So, Abby, let's talk about some of the, um, some of the most common things that uh, entrepreneurs that approach you. What are some of the most common things that you see, uh, I guess, their karmas or blocks that they have? Yeah, so people come to me for all kinds of reasons. And a lot of times they come to me because they've tried a lot of things, right? They've tried, they have a money problem, or they have a, they have a, they have a success ceiling, maybe a money ceiling, or it might feel like a block, um, or it might feel like sales anxiety. Mm -hmm. But they come to me because they're having, they're either having challenges, um, moving their business to the next level, or or they have a big audacious goal that they want to achieve and they want help to clear out any of the, you know, and anything that would block them from achieving that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of the people who come to me really have a lot of, they haven't understood, they have no idea, they know they have a problem, but they've racked their brains and they can't figure out, they just can't put their finger on what it is because they're taking all the right actions. You know, they've taken trainings to try to move their business forward. You know, they might have a coach um, or have worked with coaches or, or have, you know, been a part of mastermind programs or who knows what. They've taken training. Um, they've tried things like the law of attraction principles and, and they do their best to keep their mind in the right place. Mm-hmm. But they're still having challenges in breaking through some kind of you know, some kind of wall or block or ceiling Mm -hmm. and they're in pain about it or they just have this big goal that they really want help with, right? So, um, yeah, so they come to me for a variety of reasons and they also really, they're open to energy healing and they're open to the idea that there might be some kind of energy within them, not just, you know, a belief or um, you know, something on that level, but something deeper that they really, you know, that they have no idea what it is, but they're open to getting help about that. So is this something that shows up more in a particular uh, type of entrepreneur? Let's say, for example, I saw on your site, something related to sales anxiety. And this, I think I may know what this is because I was going to say I did sales. Everybody is some, somewhat of a salesman every day, right? You're trying always to mm-hmm. convince somebody of some, something else. So what is this sales anxiety? Yeah, so entrepreneurs have to sell, right? Um, especially solopreneurs. It's not like we have a sales force to handle our sales. And so I would say that um, especially purpose-driven entrepreneurs can really get stuck on the sales piece mm-hmm. because there, there's a, as I should say purpose-driven and spiritual entrepreneurs can really get hung up on sales stuff because sometimes it can feel like I don't want to be salesy, right? I have to do it to survive, but I don't really want to. You know, and we're all in this world where 
in order to make a living, we have to sell. Mm -hmm. um, so sales anxiety, you know, it can trip people up and it's, it's an actually an official thing, an official kind of diagnosis, sales anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's about when you feel in whatever part of the sales process, it could be, you know, in terms of networking and trying to offer somebody um, to have a sales conversation about your products or your services, um, you, you know, they might feel like they choke or they, you know, yes. they go into a networking experience and they can't even get the words out to introduce themselves. Or maybe they're in the middle of a sales conversation and when it comes time to, you know, to talk about the money, they completely freeze, right? Or maybe what happens is they are met with an objection and they just cave in. They don't even try to address it. If somebody doesn't, you know, if somebody has any objection, they don't try to even ask questions. They just say, you know, okay, next. Yes. Um, and there, and then there are a lot of people who, in the sales conversation, if there's any hint that somebody might have a money challenge or money limitation, you know, or if they say they can't afford it outright, even before that point. Um, of making an offer. They just never make the offer because they decide in their own minds that, mm. oh, well, they, these people can't afford it or they'll never want what I have. So there's a whole bunch of things that come up. And for people with sales anxiety, they often have not just fears in their heads, but like a lot of uncomfortable sensations in their bodies that they're trying to manage at the same time they're trying to sell somebody. And mm -hmm. so they can't even be present in the conversation. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's something that I have noticed in the past. And that's actually pretty funny. Sometimes if you start trying to observe people's behaviors and the fact that some people, if you, uh, you're having a conversation about some sort of service, and when you ask them the price of that service, their tone of voice changes. Sometimes you can see them swallowing. And because now it, it's almost like, okay, it's time to sail. And they're not comfortable with, with that part. And, and it is, uh, I can understand it because I've been there before too. And one of the things that I believe is it's because you think you're selling. And if you change that to the mindset of I'm actually helping this person, right? Because they need the service that I have to provide. So I'm doing them a favor. And if you actually believe that, it's so easy, right? Because you're helping and helping feels good. So is there a cure? For, for this? Yeah, so some people, even when they believe they're helping, there's still some underlying challenges for them, like, you know, can they really deliver on their promise, for example? Mm -hmm. Or um, maybe, they maybe they have fears that their pricing, um, you know, they, have, they, they might have deeper self-worth issues, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's one thing when you're talking about a product, but it's another thing when you're talking about a service that somebody really is selling themselves. And that can be like hugely challenging for a lot of people. Um, and so what I do is I literally clear the energies of that discomfort out of their nervous system. And I, in one of my programs, it's actually a do-it-yourself program where I mm -hmm. have a process that people go through and then there's actually energy healing at the end that drains the anxieties out of their body and out of their nervous system. So, you know, so I work with people who can't just think themselves or will themselves into changing their minds or changing their beliefs or 
um, or, or they just can't find the key. You know, those things were challenging for them and they, they didn't work. Yeah. Abby, just to have a, a idea of how exactly do you remove the energies? Is this, um, do, do you say words? Do you physically touch the person or, uh, you know, how exactly is this? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, so I act, at, my healings are silent. Okay. And what I do is I connect them to whatever intensity is happening for them in their bodies. And then I apply silent healings that are pretty fast, layer by layer, until those sensations reduce and go to absolute neutrality for them. Mm -hmm. um, I I can tell you this. I can't tell you exactly how it works, but I can tell you that I am some kind of healing bridge. Yes. And <laughs> mm -hmm. and it works. It's um it just yeah. works. Uh, I don't know how to explain exactly how, but but it it's um it's a very experiential process and the person like often pretty quickly just goes to a place of permanent neutrality on whatever the trigger or challenge was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's fascinating. The fact that you you actually say that you do not know how it happens or how it works, uh, because normally people try to find, let's say, if there's something that is you're dealing in, there's so many gurus out there for everything. And normally I, I can spot most of them a mile away. And it is the fact that everything has its, its everything has been thought of, right? And for example, for you to say that you you don't really know how it happens, I, it tells me that this is one of those things that you really don't know how it happens. So it, it's true, and you can do it uh, because it's it's not easily explainable, right? There's things that you can't just explain with writing down two bullet points on a piece of paper. So right. I appreciate <laughs> your honesty, and I really like that. So thank you, Abby. Uh, My pleasure. I I think that you know. We humans try to put an explanation and words on everything, and some things are beyond our comprehension, mm -hmm. right? I, I just think that the when I look at the universe and life, it's very it's energy, so it's all it's all malleable. In other words, circumstances, even circumstances that appear to be cast in concrete, really can change, and they can change very quickly. And I think that we think that we can understand all of the mysteries of the universe. And I don't think we can. <laughs> oh, no, there, there's no chance we can. And actually, something I never talked about, and I, I want to bring it up with you since you mentioned that. There are things that are not explainable, but since we can see them, we automatically believe them. And that is, for example, like the law of gravity. We know that there's gravity because we can feel it and everything falls to the ground. There's another thing that everybody or most most people don't even look for an explanation. It's something that really fascinates me is uh, a camera, something that takes pictures. You grab an object and you capture a moment and you take what we call a picture is a capture of that moment of what was happening in air. How can anybody explain that, right? But it's, we live with it every day and nobody even thinks twice. How does a phone capture a moment or a camera right of phones now are the cameras but it's so incredible that is incredible and you know 
you're right. I, uh, I've never thought about it that way. And it's so true. It is just a moment in time. It is a capturing of energy. Yeah. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody, nobody thinks. Nobody questions. It. <laughs> yeah. I just took a picture of, I don't know, of nothing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So incredible. So, um, Something I meant to ask you right at the beginning, and I didn't because this is really exciting to me, is um, did you get, uh, you, you didn't get into this because you have some of these issues yourself, or did you? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, having had a longstanding compulsive behavior and a ton of anxiety myself, um, you know, I had... I had a challenging childhood. I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. And some of these issues, right, came from my childhood. And I began, basically what happened is that when I, um, when I experienced this healing journey, I made a decision to stay on the healing path because I was so free from that compulsion. And I was so free emotionally at that time that I wanted to experience this level of freedom in every single area of my life. And so I made a commitment to do that. And that was driven by, you know, you know, tons of anxiety that I had when I started my business. Um, you know, I was able to quickly, it, it kind of quickly took off mm -hmm. in those early years, in the early 2000s. And then I began to experience my own ceiling, my own plateaus, my own blocks. And so what I made a decision to do and what I do to this day is that I use all of, I use as fuel every, you know, every challenging thing that comes into my awareness. So if there's anything, you know, that I'm triggered by, if there's any circumstance that is challenging to me, I use that as fuel to not only heal myself, but to move my work further and faster and, you know, evolve it higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, str I have struggled, you know, in business things. And, you know, that has furthered and, and pushed my work, you know, and made it stronger. How about uh, some of the, the mindset, I guess, probably is the, one of the most powerful things is the mindset of an entrepreneur. Of, uh, entrepreneur or not, everybody has the mindset that can, can lock them. The person can be locked inside their own mind. And, and unfortunately, most people don't even know it. So if I don't know that I have these issues, uh, I won't go looking for somebody like you because I don't know I have them. And uh, one of my favorite sentences of all time is, I don't know what I don't know. That's right. So, um, how how can that be done? If I don't know I have an issue, I'm not going to find you. And nobody, and people listening, uh, even right now listening, they're thinking, okay, I don't have that issue. So what's the what's the solution here? So I think the solution is that you take whatever you know steps that make sense to you at the time, mm -hmm. right? And you notice over time if you've tried, you know, three, you know, three different sales approaches and they don't work or you, you know, you've tried to fix your money, you know, your limitation in terms of the revenue in your business, you know, in, in a couple of different ways and it's gone on for a while and you've, you know, you start to exhaust the possibilities of, of what can work. Mm -hmm. And I would assume that you either go into, Hey, I might as well give up or for my, for the people I work with, 
giving up is not an option in their business because they're driven by a purpose that's so deep inside of them that it's always pushing, right? It's always mm -hmm. pushing like, I've got a big mission here and I need to get it into the world so I can help people. But at the same time, a lot of purpose-driven entrepreneurs find that as they're moving their, you know, moving their work forward and, and their vision, that the energy comes up to block them. And that's kind of, you know, there, there's kind of an epidemic of that with certain, you know, certain entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so, you, you, you know, they try this and they try that and they try all the external actions, right? Yes. Launches and, you know, product launches and this internet marketing technique and this, you know, this um, affirmations, vision, whatever it is, vision boards maybe. And eventually they get to a place where maybe they hear me or they hear, you know, about something that makes just on some deep level makes sense to them. And that's when they open up. But I think we have to, you know, I think we go through, um, we have certain beliefs, right, about how the world works and, and how we should approach things. And I think we have to come up against the edges of finding out that, those things that we believe don't necessarily work in this situation. And then we start to open up to new possibilities and look for new ways. Yeah. And just one of the things that uh, comes to mind, for example, when people become a little bit more public, like for example, uh, you and I right now, we're talking to an audience on a podcast, or sometimes you get invited to go do a speech somewhere and you become obviously a bit of a, uh, a more public person and sometimes when that starts some people have what's called the imposter syndrome or mm -hmm. the feeling that uh, what if they think I'm a fraud what if they what if I don't have an answer to a question right and, and basically you're thinking what the person is going to think about you or and that one is I believe one of the reasons why people say that uh, public speaking is one of the biggest fears is because they have the fear of failing in front of all those people or or even if it's just two or three people. And is that one an easy one to get rid of? And you heard of this imposter syndrome? Sure. I've been up against my own imposter syndrome at times. Sure. I think that, well, I think that... Um, you know, the imposter syndrome is something that a lot of people deal with. And I, what I've noticed in my own process and my clients, so I've worked with a lot of people who have visibility fears or, or they hide. I've had years of that myself, struggles with that myself. Um, and, you know, two years ago, you couldn't get me on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, I wouldn't do interviews, but I've cleared it now in myself. So... I've been doing a lot of podcasts and I love doing them. But um, so the imposter syndrome isn't the only reason why people tend to hang back or hide. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, each one of these things, some, sometimes they can be cleared really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, literally it can be cleared very quickly. And other times there are many, many layers and, um, you know, but they can be cleared. And also what I've noticed is that, you know, maybe when you start your business and you're five years in and you've achieved a certain amount of success, you haven't really had many struggles. All of a sudden at certain points or at a certain point, you might start to say, okay, I could, I can hold my, you know, I can hold my own up until 
I get to this level of being public, right, or this level of presenting to 500 people as opposed to 5,000 people, right? Mm -hmm. And so as they try to move to the next level, those imposter things can come up. And that's another reason why people work with me is to clear those things out because, you know, you, as you grow your business, you, you get bigger, you expand to edges of what, you know, places you've never encountered before. And you can be challenged now at that next level. Right. So, yeah. So the people I work with are, you know, they're established and they are, they are making money, but they are challenged to get to the next level, right? And the next level. And could, could you think there's a relation between some of the energies, let's say, if somebody has a money karma blockage, could it be related to something more of, let's say, a, a, an emotion that they had, I don't know, watching their parents struggling growing up or something that is actually emotionally freezing them in that problem could they be related and can you if they are would you release both those bad energies sure so are are you so there are all kinds of things i do this thing um called the money karma diagnosis Mm -hmm. where i kind of i give people a a report a reading on what their top money block is for example or you know whether they have a money ceiling whether they have a success ceiling and in that in that in it's an intuitive reading and in that when i do it i'm shown do they have are they carrying a pattern for example of the energies between in their parents relationship around money so it's not so much a money belief it's more like the energy of the way their parents interacted around money. I also get shown if there's money karma that goes back through the generations in their lineage. Um, I get shown, I look for things like, um, are, is the person carrying a loyalty to somebody that they love where they don't want to out earn or outshine them in some way or out succeed them. Right. So I'm looking at all kinds of energies when I'm, working with somebody and sometimes, you know, especially about sales in terms of, you know, this, the sales thing, our earliest sales experiences were in childhood, early childhood, right? We might've been in the toy store and I need that doll and you've got to buy it for me. And, you know, and then there's an objection, right? From your mom. No, I'm not going to buy you that. You don't need that or you don't deserve that, right? These are sales experiences that happen to us, hmm. you know, when we're two, three, you know, early, early years. So, you know, we can carry a lot of stuff about that. And I, I clear all that. I also, you know, I, I also clear energies that register as before, you know, before we were born in the womb sometimes, or even before that. So that all shows up as I'm working with someone. And it might sound crazy, but um, so so I'm not here to, to tell people uh, you have to believe in past lives or even that past lives are real. But what I have found is that these energies that, that show themselves to me as soul level energies, just soul level energies, when I clear those things, the person's life in the here and now changes. Sometimes I might, um, 
I might be clearing something that they're feeling pain in their body right now. And it registers to me as something soul level. And I'll, I'll even give you a fast experience of that. Yeah, this, yeah. What, what <laughs> the first experience I personally had about this is I woke up right, you know, maybe two months after I got this healings, when I got the method, I woke up one morning with this excruciating pain in my, above my right knee. It felt like somebody was jamming a knife into my knee. And I began to go through my intuitive process and ask, you know, like, can I, can I heal this or do I have to go take some, you know, some meds? Mm. And what happened is that I was shown um, that I should apply one thing that registered as a soul level healing. Um, It was, I I found out, I, I got the information later that it had to do with, you know, something about my ex-husband, but it was a soul level thing that showed itself to me as a past life. And I didn't believe in any of this. I didn't, you know, it wasn't in my worldview. And so I, I, I did this one healing, took me all of 30 seconds and the pain went away, like went away and never has come back. So, and I see this all the time in myself and my clients that as we move through these healings and these layers, things that are absolutely real to us in this moment or energies or experiences that we're having right now can shift when the energies are, you know, are resolved. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, as you was talking uh, and you mentioned the, 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 the ceilings, the money ceilings, that was one of, one of the things that actually struck me. And I had that personally, I had a ceiling and Unfortunately, Abby, I had a negative ceiling. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. And I had a negative ceiling of minus 24. And I, and I could be making $3,000 a month or a day. It would always go to negative 24. And, and after a while, I noticed that, that, that. How can that be? That's a coincidence. And negative 24. And of course... After I realized it, then actually, you know, okay, so there is an issue here. And when you know that there's a problem, now you can fix it. And thank goodness that has been fixed a long time gone. But so I can believe in in, in the ceilings and money ceilings. And unfortunately, some people have, have negative ceilings. Money can come and it can come in big quantities. And next thing you know, you're back at that level. And, and mine was a very precise number i guess most people would have a big a big difference but mine was very accurate so for those of you listening if you feel something similar that your level always goes back to kind of the same uh maybe in your bank account maybe it's time you you uh contact abby (laughs) and abby how do people find you so if they do want to reach you and know more about you and hear more about you how do they find you well, they can find me in a couple of different ways. Um, they can find me at my website at abbyroar.com. Um, it's A-B-B-Y-R-O-H-R-E-R.com. Or they can go ahead and take my free Money Karma quiz. And it, that's at moneykarmaquiz.com. And they'll get uh, an explanation about where they are on the money karma scale and they'll also get a a free report that comes with that 
And um, so that's another way people can reach out to me through the Money Karma Quiz. Nice. So I'm going to jump on these uh, the Money Karma Quiz myself because I want I want to see the results. And for those of, uh, that are listening, so, so they know uh, the quiz is so they can put the 100% accurate information so they get the accurate results. This is um, an- anonymous? Um, well, they get on my list, so only they, I'm not sharing it. And mm-hmm. it's not like a, a Google document that yeah. is, you know, and it's not asking you any like detailed information. It's really asking you about things like, on a scale of one to 10, um, do you feel on, you know, do you feel nervous or anxious when you, you know, when you look at your bank account or when you yeah. think about money? So it's more like questions like that, as opposed to, you know, how much did you make last week? I <laughs> mm. Gotcha. So before I let you go, there's actually something you reminded me that was pretty funny. And I lived in Europe for many years. And one of the things that, as you said, were, did you feel nervous when you looked at your bank account? And uh, there's something, it's pretty funny now that I think about it 20, 25 years later or something. But you, in Europe, uh, particularly in Portugal, if you put your card in the ATM and you try to remove, take more money out than you actually have, a little cartoon would show up with a sad face and a thumb down. <laughs> And that cartoon would give me nightmares because often I wanted to go out a Saturday night and I stop at the ATM. Okay, let's just take out a hundred bucks or euros, and uh, and the cartoon will show up. Eh, you do not have a hundred, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, there are a lot of people that must be nervous. Although now that I think about it, that kind of funny that they would have that. <laughs> Abby, uh, thank you so much. I'm going to have the show notes here with your, with your links. And for everybody listening, you can check it out. And Abby, Abby's last name, Roar, is spelled R-O-H-R-E-R. Abby, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. It was, it was great. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing to FailFast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit FailFastPodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.